Boards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We are here to help you with your home improvement project. So take a look around your home, or if you're driving, maybe just think about that project that you'd like to get done. Pick up the phone and call us at 1 888 Money Pit. We will help you take those all important first steps so that you get started off on the right foot. We've got a great show planned for you this hour. We're going to talk about outdoor living spaces on the Money Pit. And a deck is a great foundation for any outdoor space. And it's also a doable project for a skilled do-it-yourselfer. So we're going to have some tips to help you build a deck yourself. And concrete is always a great choice for outdoor building. But even this uber-durable material is not going to last forever. We're going to talk about how to repair concrete so you don't actually have to shell out a ton of money to rip it up. And saving water has never been more important. And one easy way to do just that is to swap out your old water-wasting toilet for a newer model that is water Water Sense certified, so we're going to have some info on how to do just that in our green home tip this hour. And also this hour, one caller is going to win a $100 gift card from the Home Depot to help them get started on a fencing or a decking project. Now, the Home Depot has got the products you'll need to help you get the most of your outdoor living space this summer. So give us a call right now and let's get started. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Michelle in Alabama, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Okay, well, we live in a home that was built in the early 70s. And two of the bedrooms, we are having like a mold issue, and it's just above the baseboards. And I've actually cut into the sheetrock thinking that maybe it's some moisture from the outside coming through, but it's not. There's no mold um, inside. It's just like in the room, and I I don't know what's causing it or how to even fix it. And are you certain that it's mold? Have you had it tested? Well, yeah, it's um, it's like a, we had a piece of furniture there, a, a dresser there, and we moved it, and we were, like, totally shocked that there was, like, it was black and fuzzy. It was no, you know, it was mold. So if you had this furniture against the wall, you, you probably created sort of a, 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 a chilly, damp area there. <clears throat> Moving the furniture out probably helps because you get a little more ventilation behind it. But what I would do is I would spray that mold down with a bleach and water solution so that we kill anything that's there. Protect the carpet because obviously you don't want to bleach out your carpet, but spray it down. Let the bleach and water sit for a while, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then clean it. And that will stop uh, that will stop any further mold from growing. And just try to keep that area dry. If it's very damp and it's in, and you know if the furniture was pressed up against it, that might be why it's happening. What kind of furniture was against it? Um, it was um, really like a child's dresser. Okay, so it was like wood. It wasn't like a couch or something like that? No, it was wood, yeah. yeah. So take a look at the back of that, too, and make sure if there's any mold spores on that that they're cleaned as well. All right, thanks for your help. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, now we've got David on the line. Welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, my wife and I are in the process of building a new house. We're six months into this project, so our... Uh, we're ready to finish our basement floor, and we're not sure whether we should use floor paint or if we should go with the epoxy paint. All right. Now, what's your wife's name? 
Sharon. Sharon, are you listening into this? I am, sir. All right. Now, what's your take on this? Because we figure there's a, there's a bet involved here. Well, originally we were looking at uh, polished concrete, but I went to look at some and I was told that you have to redo the polish every so often. And I would like something that I don't have to do every so often. Anytime you put any kind of finish on concrete, you're going to have to redo it from time to time. So no matter which way we go with polished concrete uh, or with paint, you're going to have to redo it. But Leslie, I'm thinking that this is a situation where Sharon and David may want to try an acid staining. Well, we considered the acid stain, and that was something that we kind of ruled out. Okay, why was that? The reason being because of the smell. Why do you want to paint it? Why don't you do something like a laminate that can basically sit on top of the concrete if it's really finished space? It's radiant heat and we were told that the best thing to do would not be to cover it with anything. No, I think you could put laminate flooring on that. Since you, since it's really finished living space, I mean, when you say concrete floor, I'm thinking basement, but this is really finished space, so you want something that's going to be warmer. So I think laminate might be a good choice for, for you. Laminate basically locks together and sits on top of the concrete, and the radiant heat will transmit up through that laminate and still warm the floor. I would take a look at laminate because it can look like pretty much anything. You can get laminate that looks like hardwood floor, any variety of hardwood floor, new floor, old floor, aged floor, bamboo floor, all kinds of crazy species of wood. You can also get all kinds of spe- all types of stone floor looks or even something that looks like tile or looks like vinyl. It's all available today in laminate. Super durable stuff and easy to install. I think that's your solution. Will that keep the marriage going? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> David and Sharon, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement, your outdoor living, whatever you are working on question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, there's no better way to enjoy your outdoor space than doing so on a deck. So we're going to have some pro deck building tips for do-it-yourselfers after this. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. If you do, you might just be the single caller that we pull out of the Money Pit hard hat today and send a $100 gift card to from the Home Depot. And you can use that gift card to get started on a fencing or decking project with Home Depot's veranda line of decking and fencing. It's a composite material that's very easy to keep and to maintain. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's so worth the investment. Whether you're building a new fence or a deck or even just planning a backyard barbecue, the Home Depot has got the products that you're going to need to help you get the most out of your outdoor living space this summer. You can check out their website, homedepot.com, but pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Now we've got Ralph in Missouri who's working on a ceiling project. Tell us what's going on. There's two rooms upstairs. And the one one side I've uh, changed into a bedroom and put a bathroom up there. The other one, I'd like to take the existing ceiling out and put a cathedral ceiling in. I just want to open the room up. The ceilings are kind of low now. Somebody put suspended ceilings in there, which... Um, Made it even lower. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know it's got the old tongue and, or, uh, lav and plaster walls and 
ceilings and all that. So I guess they didn't want to go to the mess. So what do you do? You just stick up a suspended ceiling. But anyway, I'd like to take um, the existing um, ceiling joists out and uh, maybe not use the you know the rafters for the uh, for the cathedral ceiling, but add add some new rafters to kind of follow the outline of the roof line. But I just want to make sure that if I pull these joists or ceiling joists out of here, that um, the house isn't going to fall down. You know what I mean? The walls aren't going to bow out and fall out on me. Well, the house may not fall down, but the roof might collapse. That's not any better. You see, look, if you've got a very high-pitched roof like that, and that roof is uh, resting on the top plate of the exterior wall, and you take the ceiling joists away, those serve the purpose of tying those exterior walls into the rest of the house. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it, but you just can't do it without re- somehow replacing that uh, structural element. I would recommend that you not do this yourself, that you get help from an architect to design this because it's a little more complicated than what you might think. It's easy to cut stuff away. It's not so easy to put it back together in the right way. And when it comes to this kind of modification, it's got to be done just right. There's other issues, too. Now, you're going you're gonna to have to make sure that this cathedral ceiling is properly ventilated and properly insulated, and that's going to take some work. Otherwise, you're going to add a, uh, an energy-leaking hassle to, uh, to your home that, that won't bode well. And you might want to think about adding some additional lighting, like, uh, like a skylight or something of that nature. So it's a project that can be done, but it's a little more complicated than meets the eye. I would get some professional design help on this. Uh, not and not just uh, get out the old sawzall and cut start cutting things out of the way. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, good advice. All right, Ralph. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, a deck is a great foundation for an outdoor room, and building one is a doable do-it-yourself project if you've got the skills. So here are a few pro deck building tips that are presented by DeWalt. First of all, for some safe and successful results, you want to focus on the basics of a long-lasting deck design, backed up by the building permits that are required by your municipality. Now, the most important part of a deck construction project is a sturdy substructure, followed by properly sized framing that is securely attached to your house. Now, next, deck posts need to be anchored in concrete, and the fasteners have to be corrosion resistant. Otherwise, they will not stand up to year-round weather, particularly important if you live anywhere near salt water, salt spray, that sort of thing. Now, stainless steel screws are a great option. They will provide a permanent hold without the staining and the loosening that's typical of deck nails. And you can also use specially designed hidden fasteners that offer very dependable strength and also a very sleek look because you won't see them. And that's today's Pro Deck Building Tip presented by DeWalt. DeWalt has expanded durability into a new line of innovative mechanics tools, including ratchets, sockets, wrenches, and sets that can help you with your deck building project. The low arc swing on these tools really help you get into those tight spaces between banisters or brackets. Professional contractors love DeWalt tools because they're built for a long life and they come with a full lifetime warranty. And DeWalt tools are available at Sears, so get building and start enjoying that brand new deck today. Now we've got Jeff in Iowa on the line who is working on a bathroom plumbing problem. What's going on? Our house was built in 1978. Still had the same toilets in it as the day it was built. So we decided to upgrade to uh, new high-efficient toilets. We bought 1.28 per gallon flush toilets. 
with a 10 flush rating. And uh, we our toilets sit back-to-back, basically. The master ba- bedroom has a toilet that sits just behind the toilet in the main bathroom. When you flush the toilet in the main bathroom, it sucks all the water out of the master bedroom toilet. But it doesn't do it the other way. Here's the problem. You've got a venting issue, and there's not enough air getting into the waistline that's probably feeding both toilets. And so as a result, when you flush one, you cause a draw on the other that pulls the water out. A lot easier to do when you have only one and a quarter gallons of water as opposed to maybe three or four gallons that you used to have with the older toilet. So you need to get a plumber in to look at this and figure out where the venting has gone wrong. You, there, there could be venting that also became obstructed. You could get rodents or animals that, that nest inside vents. But there's not, enough, there's not enough intake air getting into the plumbing system, and that's why you're getting this sort of suction problem. Whenever you have this condition or if you get – sometimes you get a gurgling when you flush or when you run sinks and, and water goes down, is because there's not enough air getting into the plumbing system, and that's going to be what will solve this for you. Okay, Jeff? All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Louise in Texas is on the line and needs some help cleaning up after a gardening project gone awry. Tell us what happened. Oh, yes. We have these insidious vines. One found its way in a crack. I guess my windows weren't very good. And it grew into a back bedroom that I had closed off this winter. And it grew across my wall and onto the ceiling. So I pulled it down and cut it off, and I went outside, and now it has left behind hard stuff on there that I can't get off. I don't know how to get it off without damaging the wall. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and whenever you have a vine attached to a house, those attachment points are really insidious. They're very hard to get off, and it really takes nothing more than elbow grease. And so if you're talking about a drywall surface here, you're literally going to have to sand that surface, lightly abrade that surface, because you don't want to cut through the paper to get off anything that the vine left behind. Then once you're done sanding it, then you have to prime it, and you need to use a good quality primer here and prime the entire surface, if not the entire room, and then repaint the room. But there's no way to clean what's left behind with that vine debris. You have to actually physically abrade it off, scrape it, prime it, sand it, to get rid of it. And if you want to slow down those vines from growing on the outside of your house, think about spraying Roundup on them. Roundup, you spray it on the leaves and it goes down through the plant's infrastructure and kills them at the roots. And that might help get it under control. All right, Louise, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Now I've got Jed in New York on the line who's doing a tiling project and needs help with the process. How can we help you? I'm building a house in upstate New York, um, and I just had a question about how or what you guys would suggest a way to adhere tile, like for a shower surround or like in back of a tub. Um, I've been to a couple couple of different stores, um, and I've gotten a couple of different answers. Like they have basically the cement backer board, and then they have like a composite material. And I didn't know if you guys were familiar with either one of them or had a preference or a suggestion for me. You're dealing with open bays. This is brand new construction. Nothing is on that wall as of yet. No, I haven't got that far yet. I'm just starting to look at everything, and I know that I want to put in tile in the bathroom, and I'm just starting to 
piece everything together. When you do a tiling project, your tiles, yes, are water resistant, but the grout lines, you know, will suck water in and through. So you want to make sure that whatever is behind there will do its best to, you know, withstand from mold growth and any other issues that might happen as the water does seep through the grout lines. Okay. Do you guys have like a suggestion of what you would recommend doing? Like, is there a certain barrier that I can put behind the tile or anything like that? So I would stick with a standard tile backer. When you're, when you're doing, dealing with new construction, that's the best way to do it. I mean, in the old days, we used to put wire mesh in a mud wall and that'd last for a hundred or more years. But today the tile backers do a pretty good job. So especially if you're starting with studs, I would definitely build it up with the tile backer. I would not use a composite drywall because it just doesn't last that long. It's very popular with builders because it gives them an inexpensive way to be able to deliver a tiled shower. But invariably, after about 10 years, it starts to soften and rot, and you end up having to tear it all out anyway. Okay, well, that's great. That helps me out so much. I can't even tell you guys, but at least I got my step. Now I just got to pick out all the colors and all that wonderful stuff. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're heading over to Delaware where Margie has a crawl space question. What can we help you with? I'd like to know if you should put plastic on the ground underneath your house. We have like a three-foot climb under there. Should we lay plastic on that for a barrier, for a moisture barrier underneath that, like a ranch house? What's the, is it underneath the entire house or is it just under a certain area? No, it's underneath the entire house. You can crawl under and Someone said you should put plastic on top of the dirt. Now, are you having any moisture issues inside the house? Uh, Not really. We were just thinking it would be a good idea to do that. Now, generally, with an enclosed crawl space or one that's, you know, smaller scale to an entire home, we would always recommend putting down sort of a plastic sheathing and you want to fill the entire space. And in areas where you do have to have seams, you want to make sure that you overlap, you know, a good foot or two so that it really lays down nicely. Um... Now, Tom, would you do that if it's under the entire house? Yeah, I put it down across the crawl space floor along the entire house because it stops the moisture in the soil from wicking up and evaporating up into the air and then getting the insulation damp and making it ineffective. So it's always a good idea to have, it's called a vapor barrier, and have that down on top of that soil surface. You also want to check the exterior, though, to make sure that your gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended. It's part of a of a moisture management solution. It's not just, you know, one off. You want to make sure you're limiting the amount of moisture that actually gets to that, you know, the dirt or the soil underneath the crawl space. So if you make sure that your gutters are extending away from the house, you know, a good three feet or so, um, and not depositing the water back towards that crawl space, you know, any sort of planting bedded areas, you want to make sure that that soil slopes away. You just want to do your best that you can to move the moisture away. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, concrete is one of the most durable building materials on earth, but even concrete doesn't last forever. We'll have tips on how you can fix up those deteriorated concrete surfaces. Perhaps you got one that's a bit worse for wear after a long winter. That's all coming up next. Pit is brought to you by Trax, the world's number one wood alternative decking brand. Just in time to give your outdoor living space a summer upgrade, Trax Enhanced Decking is available in stock at your local Home Depot. To learn more about the long-lasting beauty, hassle-free maintenance, and industry-leading warranty of Trax Enhance, visit homedepot.trax.com. 
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, concrete is a very durable material, but, you know, over time, all concrete surfaces eventually deteriorate. The good news is there are many products on the market that are designed specifically for repairs of those deteriorated concrete surfaces. And here to tell us all about one of them is Bob Schmidt from Sacre. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Leslie. Bob, you're an expert in this category. You guys uh, make a great product, a great line of products. But it's been my experience that when it comes to patching concrete, that's a place where a lot of consumers get it wrong. They're good at you know, mixing up concrete to set posts and even pouring small slabs and things like that. But when it comes to the repair of existing concrete, they never quite get it just right. And you guys have come out with a product that actually helps resolve that. So tell me about it. Okay. Uh, Tom, last time I was on the show, we talked about Top and Bond, which is a material that's been on the market for many, many years. And the disadvantage to that product for a guy like me who's getting older is I've got bad knees, and getting down on your hands and knees and doing that is really kind of a chore. Right. So we have introduced Flow Coat. What Flow Coat is is a flowable material. You, you mix it up using a drill in a five-gallon bucket. You pour it out, and instead of having to get down on your hands and knees, you use a squeegee. And you apply it with a just an inexpensive squeegee that you can get at the hardware store. So I guess kind of like the same way that you would resurface an asphalt driveway where you kind of spread the sealer with a squeegee. With a concrete surface, you're just spreading the flow coat with a squeegee? That's correct. Very, very similar applications. Now, are there any limitations to, you know, really when it's best to use flow coat? Is it, you know, for minor cracks or can we really, you know, cover a bunch of you know, non-pretty <laughs> marks on the concrete. Yeah, what, uh, Leslie, what it was designed for is for doing larger areas where the slab is structurally in good shape. Uh, if, if you've got a slab that is falling apart, uh, if, if you can reach down and pick up stones out of the slab or when you sweep it, you continually get sand uh, and you just can't ever stop getting more sand, uh, or if the slab is just broken in all sorts of different directions. It's, it's heaved an inch this way and an inch that way. It's not going to work on that. Nothing's going to work on that. You need a jackhammer for that. You start <laughs> over and you pour new concrete. But um, as long as it's, it's structurally sound, um, uh, no, they're really, those, are, those are really the only limitations. Uh, but it, it was designed for doing bigger areas and, and an area that you could cover, you could do a driveway or a, a good-sized sidewalk in a very short period of time since, and as I say, you're just putting it down and then pushing it around with a squeegee. We're talking to Bob Schmidt. He's a product manager for Sacrete Concrete Products, about a new product that they, they have out called Sacrete Flow Coat. Bob, is this a good product for winter damage? You know, in our neck of the woods, we see uh, sidewalks and concrete driveways that get uh, sort of pot-marked as a result of salt that drips off the car and erodes the surface. Is this a good solution for driveways that have that kind of damage? It is, very much so. Um, what I would do, if, if you had a sidewalk where too much salt has been applied and it's starting to pit the surface, um, in that case, what I would do is actually get a pressure washer. You need a little bit more oomph than you're going to get out of a garden hose because the salt tends to actually eat into the surface of the concrete. I would blast all that off uh, and then apply the flow coat. Excellent application for that. So, Bob, before you get started with the flow coat, what kind of prep work am I going to need to do to the concrete? Like if there's any 
you know, I know at my house there'd be sap on the driveway. You know, do I have to try to get that off as best I can before I cover it, or will flow coat really sort of stick to everything? No, it will not stick to oil, uh, antifreeze, uh, anything that's dropped off a car that's it's etched its way into the concrete. It won't stick to that. It won't. It won't stick to tree sap. It'll look beautiful for a while, but you'll have a kind of a hollow space there, and, it, and it'll it'll crack. What you want to do in those cases? In those cases, you definitely need a pressure washer to blow those off. You might also need a detergent uh, to to clean those things first. Otherwise, it will not bond. So preparation, as with most products, is really important. You got to prepare the driveway surface, but then the application sounds like it's pretty easy. The product is called Flow Coat. It's made by Sacrete, and now is a great time of year to take a look at that driveway and take a look at that sidewalk and take a look at that patio. And if it's looking like uh, if it's looking a little worse for wear, this is a way to restore that surface and have it looking great uh, for the spring, the summer, and beyond. Bob Schmidt, product manager and expert from Sacrete Concrete Products. Thanks so much for filling us in and stopping by the Money Pit, Bob. Thank you, Tom and Leslie. Good to talk to you again. And if you'd like more information on Sacrete Products, you can go to their website at sacrete.com. That's spelled S-A-K-R-E-T-E. Com, or you can also call them at one eight six six sacri Well, even though your toilet might be working just fine, it's probably wasting a ton of water. We're going to tell you how to switch it out for a water-saving model next. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Trex, the world's number one wood alternative decking brand. Just in time to give your outdoor living space a summer upgrade, Trex Enhanced Decking is available in stock at your local Home Depot. To learn more about the long-lasting beauty, hassle-free maintenance, and industry-leading warranty of Trex Enhance, visit homedepot.trex.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller that we talked to on the air today is going to win a $100 gift card from the Home Depot. Now, you could use that to get yourself started on a fencing or even a decking project. And the Home Depot's veranda line of fencing and decking is made of a composite material, so it's super easy to maintain, and it's going to stand up to all that Mother Nature can dish out. And whether you're building a new fence, a new deck, or maybe just planning on a backyard barbecue, the Home Depot has the products you'll need to help you get the most out of your outdoor living spaces this summer. Visit homedepot.com or call us right now for your chance to win. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. We've got a $100 gift card from the Home Depot to help you get started on your fence or your deck project. Bill in Florida needs some help with a new home. How can we help you with that? My brother-in-law purchased a home, lived in by a smoker of 13 years, a heavy smoker, inundated the home with uh, considerably with the smoke, and uh, we had mentioned some options to him, which was kills, take out the rug, and sanitize his ductwork. Well, he's done two of those three things, except for the sanitation of the ductwork, of the vent system, and there's still preponderance of uh, smell in there. And I was just wondering, are there any other mitigating things that we haven't considered that we could provide to him to help him out. Did you do anything to the subfloor that was underneath the padding? He did nothing to the subfloor. 
I know that for a fact. Okay, it would be a very good idea to prime that. Well, he's not a man of means, so uh, to pull the rug up and put it back down is probably not going to be an option for him. Are you sure that filters have been changed in the ductwork and in the cooling system itself? Okay, I, I know the filters have been changed because I changed them myself when I showed them to him. Um, he has not had the ductwork cleaned, and one of the recommendations we're making is uh, that he hires someone to get in there and clean it. And when you take out the big uh, intake vent, there's just yellow corrosion all around that foam as it leads up into the roof of the of, of the property. So I've recommended that he might want to have that foam pulled out. But, again, uh, depending on the expense, I don't know if he can do that. Is that something you guys would recommend? Well, here's another step that you could take in the meanwhile, and that is that 3M has a filter that just came out on the market that is a carbon-based filter. So it's designed to not only filter the air in terms of dust particles, but it's also designed to remove odors from the air. So you might want to think about replacing the HVAC filters with the 3M Filtrate uh, odor reduction filters. Uh, the carbon in there is pretty significant. It's about five or six times more than what uh, the the nearest competitor has. It really is quite a lot, and I think it might help a little bit uh, in this case. Cleaning the ducts when they're that dirty and that gross is going to be probably a good move, but you might just want to replace the filter with one that's designed to absorb odor in the meantime. Well, I appreciate the assistance. We'll uh, we'll try the uh, the filters, and we'll just go from there. Try the filter. It's not very expensive, and, uh, you know, it's probably $25, $30, and it'd be worth a shot. Okay. Hey, thanks for your time, guys. Good show. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it's time now for today's green home tip presented by Lutron. Years ago, if a plumber told you that your toilet needed to be replaced you'd have a right to be skeptical. I mean, it's pretty rare, darn near impossible, in fact, for a toilet to actually break. Yeah, but today water consumption is really the big issue. So if your toilet is an older toilet, and by that I mean perhaps made before 1994, you will probably stand to save a lot of money by switching out to a high-efficiency toilet. The low flows of the early 90s are not an issue anymore, the ones that we also like to call the flush twice model. Uh, The new ones work really well, and they use only about one and a quarter gallons of water. Just one and a quarter gallons, not very much at all. Yeah, and considering some of those older toilets use four gallons of water, that's a huge savings. In fact, the EPA says that a household of four can save about $90 a year on their water bill with a high-efficiency toilet. Plus, a lot of local utilities are giving rebates and vouchers to households that buy one, and that makes it really worth your while. And that's today's green home tip presented by Lutron, makers of the Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never be left asking, who left the lights on? Again, Lutron products are available from your local home center, lighting showroom, or electrical professional. For more energy-saving ideas, you can also check out our green home guide or visit LutronSensors.com. Galen Washington's on the line looking for some cooling solutions. How can we help you today? So we're um, looking at installing uh, air conditioning into our home. We're in the Seattle area, so it doesn't get hot here too much, maybe like one to one and a half months out of the year, but we really need it during that time. And so we're not sure if we really want to go the central air route um, to get a full system or if um, like if we could, we have a gas uh, furnace, if we could get a gas one, or they've also talked about heating pumps. We just don't really know what the options are and what's going to be like the best investment in our money, but also going to be effective during those hot months. Okay. How big is your house, Kayla? Um, it's about um, 2,700 square feet. Oh, and you want the entire house cool and comfortable and done evenly? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the downstairs is already relatively cool, but not and you have a at all. Air, and you have a forced air system right now? Uh, yes. Look, there's no easy way to do this. You're going to either get a central air conditioning system or you're not. If you had a smaller house or you had maybe just some, some limited, uncomfortable areas in the house, then what we might recommend is called a mini-split ductless, which which can be used for zones in the house, in big zones, you know, like a like two-room combination kind of a thing. But I don't think you're, you're not certainly not going to be able to, to evenly cool the entire first floor, the entire second floor of the house with many split ductless. And frankly, you'd end up needing so many of them that it would be more, more expensive than putting in a central AC system. So what we would tell you to do is to um, go ahead and install a traditional central air conditioning system to make sure that the home is sized properly. And so the HVAC contractor can do um, a heat loss calculation and figure out exactly how many BTUs you need in terms of cooling power to deliver cool temperatures on the hottest days of, of the summer. You also want to make sure that the system that you use is an Energy Star certified system because that's going to make a big difference in how much this is going to actually cost you to operate. I mean, the good news is that the system is probably going to last twice as long as any other system in another part of the country because you're going to use it half as much. But there's no inexpensive way to do this, even though you're only using it for uh, two months of the year. You're still going to have to put in a central system with all the uh, you know, all the work that goes with that, buying the compressor, buying the evaporator coil, the, con- the condensing coil, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, condensing pump, all that sort of thing. It's, it's a job, you know, so it's going to be several thousand dollars to do this. Um, but I would encourage you to make sure that you do it right and use the most energy-efficient system possible so that it reduces your operating costs. And also find out from your local utility whether or not there are any rebates available to you for using energy-efficient equipment. There very well may be. There's an awful lot of them uh, scattered about across the country. Thank you. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, are your summer guests getting bugged by swarms of gnats in your backyard? We've got tips on how to keep those common pests away after this. You live in a Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by DeWalt. DeWalt's new rugged and innovative line of mechanics tools are so tough, DeWalt is proud to back them with a full lifetime warranty. When there's a tough job to get done, rely on a trusted name. Rely on DeWalt. Available at Sears. For more information, visit DeWalt.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are talking about outdoor living spaces today on the Money Pit. And, of course, safety plays a big role in that. So for tips on how to keep your kids safe around your outdoor swimming pool, head on over to MoneyPit.com. We've got advice on pool covers, pool guards, pool alarms, and pool fences all online at moneypit.com. And while you're online, head over to the community section and you can post a question there just like Amanda in South Carolina did. And she writes, I want to lay a stepping stone walkway around the side of my house. I'm new to the do-it-yourself world. Do I need to put anything under them and how far apart should I place them? You know, I think folks think that if you just throw a few stones down in the yard, you're pretty much done. But the truth is that a stepstone patio, maybe like one made of slate pieces or something like that, is just as much work as a paver patio. If you don't prepare the base properly, which means excavating out the soil, adding stone, compacting the stone, laying down, in this case, some topsoil, and then dropping the stones and grass seed around that, it's not going to stay. What will happen is it'll sink, it'll sag, it'll collapse, and then you're going to be kind of in a situation where 
You've got a lot of weeds that'll come through. It'll just be a big mess. So preparation is really the key. And you don't really save anything by just using a stepstone walkway. You've got to have a good base to it before you take that first step. All right, next up, Blake in Michigan writes, my redwood deck is about 10 years old. My wife wants to paint it white, but won't it ship more quickly and need more maintenance? Well, it certainly will. And that's why I would never use white paint on redwood. First of all, it's a sin to paint redwood because redwood is a naturally insect resistant wood. But what you could do is you could use a white stain on that deck. I don't see why you couldn't do that. However, remember, if you stain it, or really even if you did paint it with white, it gets dirty a lot quicker. So my first suggestion would be to try to talk your wife out of that, Blake. But if she insists upon white, I would use a white stain, uh, not a white paint, because this way it'll kind of fade out. You can reapply it as necessary. Oh, gosh. I just keep thinking of how dirty that's going to look. Yeah, exactly. sorry, Blake. It's just going to be filthy. Well, you might be planning the most elegant outdoor soiree only to have it spoiled by those annoying little bugs flying around your guests' heads by the thousands. We're talking about gnats, and Leslie's got tips on how to avoid not getting bugged by them in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. I love any reason to get you to say the word soiree, so we're going to do a lot of tips about outdoor parties this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seriously, though, you guys, you know, your outdoor party can really just get ruined in a flash if your friends find themselves constantly swatting away swarms of relentless gnats. Now, gnats, they're pretty harmless, but they are irritating. So to keep your party gnat free, you need to know the little buggers love wet, rotten, organic matter like mulch. So cover your compost. Also, rake or turn your mulch often to avoid mold growing on the underside. And you want to make sure that you've got no standing water or leaves in your gutters and keep your bird baths and water features clean of any debris. Also, gnats hate vanilla. So vanilla oil and aroma oil burners can keep them away as vanilla extract on cotton balls placed strategically around your outdoor table, vanilla candles. You know, not only are your guests going to appreciate not having swarms of gnats flying around them, they're actually going to like how it smells. So if you have vanilla themed soirees, you're okay. (laughs) Does vanilla vodka work? Because that's pretty good in the summer as well. (laughs) This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Coming up next. Next week on the program, we're going to talk about window boxes. They can transform a dull house into one that has instant charm and curb appeal. We'll tell you how to create them on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.